Hey guys, welcome to the CIP podcast. My name is Michael Maisie. I'm your host of the show. CIP stands for Change is Possible. I truly believe change is possible, no matter how far down the scale you've gone. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to leave me some feedback once we're finished. Okay, great. Sam, good to have you on, bro. How you doing, my man? Yeah, absolutely privileged to have you here, man. So. Um, obviously, we know each other from SAS Udez wins, but you know we've sort of formed more of a friendship since leaving. Yeah. I'd say probably you know one of the closest people I'm to from the show is is you. So you know, great to have you here. And I think for me, your story really is inspire. It's going to inspire a lot of people because often you don't meet people, in particularly young black men who've been able to go through what you went through and completely like 360 it, turn it around. And I think um, I think it'll be an inspiration for a lot of people that I work with, especially when I go into prisons and yeah. the vast majority of young men in there are young black men. Um, I just think your story is inspirational. So um, why don't you um, take us back to sort of family life when you were growing up? I think we've got a picture of you somewhere here. Take you back to uh, the start. There you go, that was you. Yeah. So. so yeah, let's go back to there. Where wh- where was that? That was that was Joseph Lancaster. Um, yeah, that was Joseph Lancaster. It's young, just trying to find my way through life at that point as well. Like, you know, everything was just fresh. Yeah, everything right. was just fresh. I remember at that point, my dad wasn't like around that much, so it was almost a case where the teachers were almost like my parents mm-hmm. like looking back now I did initially the other day I was just thinking about it it's like initially I didn't even I didn't I didn't take this in but I feel like the teachers realised that my dad wasn't around my mum wasn't around because she had been deported my dad wasn't around I feel like the teachers kind of took me on as like their little <laughs> foster child you know what I mean yeah yeah I remember our, our, our caretaker she mm-hmm. was like um, she's like this old woman with two cats I remember there was a day we went like museum and stuff and when I look back now at the time I'm just a kid I'm just yeah you mm-hmm. know we're going out um, to a museum but looking back I'm thinking that why did a caretaker like take me back take me out to um, a museum do you know what I'm saying like, yeah. uh, that's what made me realise that these are most probably are the realise the situation between like in my family was that like, kind of crazy and let them take me on so yeah that was a that was a crazy time but that yeah. was like the beginning of a lot so where was your family heritage from from nigeria. <coughs> both from Ni- both yeah, parents from both, nigeria both parents are from nigeria and what happened what so you said your mum was deported and your dad left so yeah, just talk so, everyone through that um so basically my mum got deported when i was like i don't know i think i was maybe like two wow so i couldn't even like that like, i only had pictures to go off growing up until maybe about yeah maybe about year four is when I saw my mum like, right. I, I don't know but um, for a long while I didn't have no mum in my life it was just me my brother and my dad and obviously two kids my dad's trying to get you know his, you know the daily bread plus he's got ambitions and goals so he's working his ass off so pretty much it's just me and my brother just finding our way through life do you know wow. what I mean just like just yeah, pretty much find our way through life, just doing whatever we can. But like at that time, I never, I never ever took it in that like well, you guys are actually going through some stuff. Yeah. At that time, I didn't. I just thought like I just thought that's you know that's how it is. This mm. this is the way it is, you know. But yeah, so that's 
that's that's the situation with my mum. My, my brother, he w- he was about three, so mm-hmm. he has he had a bit of mem- you know he remembered my mum more than I did. But so he's older brother, you're yeah, younger. Yeah, older brother. Okay. Yeah, so I'm the younger brother. So he was at, he was either three or he was either three or four. I can't I can't remember all the details, but mm-hmm. yeah, he had more memory of my mum than I did. I had no memory whatsoever because yeah, I was a kid. So just yeah, just all I knew was my dad, my brother. Mm. So up. you would have been one or two when you when your mum yeah between one or two you know, wow it's, it's, it's two. quite an important age isn't it for your mum to to be gone to yeah be gone, to yeah know, to be gone so it's crazy the other day i was watching um this i don't know if you've heard of top boy oh yeah it's a documentary isn't yeah, it yeah, it's, yeah, docu- it's, 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 it's like a film it's like a film, there's actors film in it yeah, yeah, kind of yeah um but i was watching it and there was a part in the film where immigration knocked on the the family's doors and then they they were they didn't take the the kid's mum at this stage but i could tell that sooner or later they're gonna take her and that just brought me right back to this must probably was how that had been do you know yeah. what i mean like you know this was probably how that the situation that i i was in growing mm. up you know but yeah do you have any memories of that moment when your mum was taken away no nah, my brother does because he i think he wasn't meant to open the door Okay. Yeah, so he wasn't meant to open the door, but he opened the door, you know, knock, knock, yeah, knock, go and open the door, he's going to open the door, and it's, it's immigration, come to take my mum, so, yeah, that's what there was, just yeah. grew up with no mum. That's tough, mate, I feel, uh, you know, when I try and visualise that scene, having, I mean, you've got kids as well, and I've yeah. got kids, you know, you know, that moment, how, what you'd be going through as a kid, trying to just wrap your head around that whole there's people here to take your mum away. Yeah, I mean, it's really quite <sighs> brutal, isn't it? Yeah, really. For, for my brother, like he, he, he always like he always gets you know emotional by that moment. But mm. like I said, I wish I had more memory of it, but mm. I couldn't remember. I was too yeah. young. Yeah. You know. So then, what happened after? So you was was your dad just away because he was working a lot, or did yeah, just working. Yeah, um, yeah, that just working. He was trying <coughs> to you know support two kids. Like I said, also he's got ambitious, so he's trying to build businesses. Yeah. Also, he's having to, you know, look after my mum. Mm. So now she's in a different country now. So. Did your mum go back to Nigeria? Yeah, she went back to Nigeria, then went to Canada. Okay, she was yeah. in Canada, right? Okay. Yeah, so she was in Canada. Um. So yeah. So. Yeah, my dad was just busy working, working, working. So, me and my brother just pretty much had to. I mean, my dad was there, but at the same time, I'll say we brought ourselves up. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. That must it. have been really tough for your dad trying to just do everything, yeah. play the role of mum and dad. Yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, for him, I'm guessing it was. He never, I'll give him this though, he never ever like, he never, I never ever saw him say, oh, like, why, why am I stuck with you two kids? Like, I never ever saw him like that. Mm. He's just, he's always just get on with it let's just go that's the that's always been his attitude i think that's rubbed off on me mm. to just be like whatever's in front of you just get on and go just like you're still breathing your mm. heart's still working your legs arms still working yep yeah, all right keep going mm. keep up with it you know yeah well that's that would it. make sense when you look at everything you've overcome mm. you know you've sort of overcome some real tough stuff this being one of them yeah definitely know? most definitely yeah like that was like the start of it you know so what part of london was it that you grew up in so I grew up in Elephant Castle initially. Mm-hmm. From Elephant Castle, I then went on to Camberwell. I was born mm-hmm. in Croydon, moved to Elephant Castle. From Elephant Castle, we then went up over to Camberwell. 
and, Cam- and that Camberwell is where you sort of spent most of your time, your teenage years and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. Camberwell is pretty much where everything started to like the gangster life started to come in ever so slowly. Yeah, yeah. we got a photo of that actually. If we could get that up. So that's sort of how old were you? Th- so this is when you'd moved to Camberwell. You're yeah. how old would you have been there in this photo? Ooh, that, that photo, eighteen, nineteen at most. Mm. This that was a New Year's. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was two thousand eight. I'm, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but it was a New Year's. And yeah, that that that, that was, it was a good day, but. It's a good day in a bad world, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. So I think run people through that. So you've you've grown up essentially with your dad. Yeah. And you're in Camberwell. You know, life's yeah. been a bit tough. And I, I presume there's a, there's other people in your community who've had similar experiences. What yeah, was that so, like? So yeah, moved to Camberwell. Me and my brother was at the new, you know, the new kids inside the area. Um, and how could Initially, it was fine, you know, it was just getting on with stuff. And then as I got to about year nine, that's when, like, gangs started to form. Mm. I became, like, I would say part of a gang, part of the area gang. It wasn't mm. nothing serious at that point. It was just, you know, you just you knew you guys were from this area, other guys were from that area, do you mm. know what I mean? So yeah. and that was about in year nine, and then... When it got later on down the line, when I got to like college, that's when things started to get serious. Because I was from Campbell. Campbell was like a place in between Peckham and Brixton. Right. Peckham and Brixton are two big gangs. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're full of two big gangs. And it got to a point where us in Campbell just thought, you know what, like we need to put ourselves on the map as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't just be that place where people just like cross through. Why? I don't know. But that was our mindset. Yeah. So from there, you know, we formed the gang and then just got into like silliness, really. Mm. How old were you then when you decided to create that gang in between Peckham um, and Brixham? I would have been about 16. 16? Yeah, I would have been about 16 and at that time. How many, of, how many were in your gang? How many kids were there? Um, oh, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I'll say about. For, there's about 10 of us 10 of you right yeah, okay maybe more but like yeah 10 core do you know mm. what I mean 10 there was 10 core you know individuals do you know yeah and then yeah I mean it, it, it was just getting up to stupid stuff man stupid, mm. like, stupid stuff do you feel like they sort of became like a f- like a family for you because like your you, you know your your family was a bit sort of your dad was very busy working and your mum wasn't there. Did they become? Did you guys feel like a family unit or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like a brotherhood or something. Uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. I'd say it's more of a brotherhood. Like, you know, you can relate to these guys. Mm. In your eyes, you're all going through the same kind of thing. Mm. You've, you're all trying to reach the same goal. Mm. You know, to get rich or whatever, mm. or to you know you know look the most look a certain way whatever do you know mm. but you've got the same goals you're from the same area you, you relate to each other they, you only see, end up seeing them as brothers yeah you know, a, a band of brothers that just getting together and just getting up to some silly stuff mm. do you know what I mean it's interesting that you know when people have been through similar experiences it really sort of bonds you a little bit closer together yeah, doesn't it yeah. like i mean because you can relate to each other isn't yeah it? you can relate to each other but like i would say that for me though i it, it just happened to be 
I just happened to be part of the gang. Mm-hmm. I was never like in a gang because I wanted to be the most violent or I wanted to like cause havoc. It was it just it wasn't like that. I I reckon the reason I ended up in the gang, one I wanted to make money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I wanted to make money, which led me to a certain direction in life, and two because I was like. I wasn't the most violent person, but neither was I like the person that you just walk over. Mm. So that kind of made me settle with that kind of crowd. Do you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? So I think that's what put me to that's what put me into the gang because there was other people from my estate that I mean they didn't you know they stayed they kept their nose cleanish. Mm. You know they were around, but they wasn't around in involved. But I feel like where I had like certain ambitions and because I wasn't like just somebody that you could just walk over, me and my brother wasn't just people that you could just walk over. Mm. So that that gave us a certain respect and that respect then, you know, you start hanging around with these guys instead of those guys that don't have, you know, the respect that you feel like you should um, be given. Yeah, Do you know yeah. What I mean? So talk to me about, <clears throat> you said you went to college. Mm. Like you've left college and you know you've maybe tried to make some positive life choices and like what what happened because you know i know you got into some trouble with the law after but was there a moment in between where you where you tried looking at other ways and <laughs> it's crazy like i'll take you right back to like for me uh, all everything started pretty much when my dad ended up losing all of these contracts right so there's a time I think this was, I was about in year seven, moving on to year eight. My dad lost all of his work contracts. Right. So you wake up in the morning and where there used to be money on the table for you to go to school with, it just wasn't there. If it was there, it was just enough to catch the bus. Right. You know, so, and this was like in year eight. I'm in year eight, year seven, year eight at this time. So, you know, you, you still got to feed yourself. You still got to, um, you want to get clothes or a jacket, you know. You still mm. wanna, you wanna have some money to do some stuff, not just enough money to uh, catch a bus. Mm. So that made me think, okay, my dad's not gonna give me money, but I want, you know, I wanna, I wanna be able to buy these nice trainers that I see people mm. wearing and stuff like that. So what am I gonna do? Mm. From there. In year, I think it was year eight or year nine, I bought my first um, pot of weed mm-hmm. and started to sell that. Started to deal that in year eight. I had a, you know, had like a little organization going on. Mm. From there, it was nothing serious. It was mm-hmm. I wasn't like this big time um, deal or anything, but I was just, you know, selling a bit of weed at school. Mm. Hustling. Yeah, just hustling, you know, just hustling. From there, year nine it then moved to like other silly little stuff um you know just nicking stuff and then just trying to sell it back mm-hmm. at school you know like snacks and stuff by the time i got to year 11 that weed turned into class a so cocaine mm-hmm. um by the time i was in year 11 like literally dealing um cocaine um and yeah that was crazy that was you know it's crazy selling cocaine in your school uniform it's, uh, it's not it's, it's not a good place to be in whatsoever so anyway um coming out of um sec coming out of secondary school going to college now 
and the pressures are even more you mm. know at the time when I was doing it at, at secondary school I was just just trying to get a little bit of change I wasn't too fuss but you come out of secondary school now now you're in college and it's like whoa mm. everyone looks fly <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> everyone looks nice everyone mm. looks good um, you got girls there you're trying to impress mm. you know and you don't want to be the one that's looking bummy mm. so that's when I thought you know what I'm going to this hard mm. I'm going to sell as much as I can dress the best I can and just you know just live it live life the way I felt like I wanted to live life you know mm -hmm. rather than just looking being or looking or being just bummy mm. and so yeah that started started getting deeper and deeper you know selling dealing hustling and whatnot mm -hmm. getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it to a stage where I wasn't taking college seriously anymore mm -hmm. I really wasn't I was there I mean I tried I actually initially I really did try mm -hmm. but in the first college end up getting to a fight end up getting kicked out second college this is what actually killed me so my second college me and a friend of mine we tried so hard we worked hard we gave it our coursework on time and everything but the teacher for some reason didn't mark it <coughs> until right at the end and then we, there was stuff that we had to correct and she gave it back to us but there was not enough time for us to correct it so okay. I end up like not passing like failing that year and mm -hmm. I was like I actually gave this a try like you mm. know and, and like I'm I'm not going through because she didn't want to mark my coursework on time mm. I was like you know what to hell with this I'm mm. going full t forget college I'm going mm. full time into um, hustling mm. do you know so that was almost like the final nail in the coffin yeah that was the nail in the coffin yeah that and I guess the... you wanted to put all your eggs into your business which are, you know it's an illegal business selling drugs but that was your business that pretty was your much. form of earning money yeah pretty you know? much pretty much and then yeah so that was it I just went full time started to you know go like country build up a country line and all of that nonsense mm. and yeah it was just out there just trying to make it mm. you know was there ever a moment because i know if people are listening they might be thinking was there a moment where you thought to yourself maybe i should just go and get a job and like was there anything like that where you th where you where you thought like did you look at people who had jobs and think um that's out of reach for me or like uh, maybe say a bit more about yeah, that let, let me explain that part um you see the thing is right and I think a lot of people relate to this. A lot mm. of people that are like hustlers or whatever relate to this. It's like you have ambitions of of, of a pot of gold, mm. yeah. And then you see, you, you see ways of getting there, mm. yeah. You see ways of getting there in terms of like um, working at a big West End job and blah blah blah, owning this big company and blah blah blah. And you don't feel like you, from where you've come from, mm. can actually, like, you don't relate to none of that. Mm -hmm. You can't see yourself as, like, somebody that, you know, is going to be working inside the city or is going to mm. be working the head of a big bi big business, a big legitimate business mm. anyway, mm. you know. And, and, and those people that you even do see that are kind of similar to you working, they're working in, like, some like I won't say bummy now I won't say bummy but at them times I always see it as like a bummy job like mm. you ain't gonna get nowhere far with that kind of job mm. then you look again to your left to the other side of it, but and then you see like the people that are 
that have got that pot of gold that you can actually relate to, they're selling drugs or mm. they're they're they they they're making music and their music maybe they said they in their music they're saying they started from selling drugs like mm. do you know what I mean so you so you get to a stage where you're thinking you know what mm. if they made their pot of gold from selling drugs then. Surely, that, that's the only route I've got. That's the only route yeah. I've got. Surely, you know, this yeah. is the route that I've got to take. Mm. You know, I looked around, all the rappers that were the people that I inspired to, mm-hmm. what, like, in terms of what they had, where were they saying they made their money from? Selling drugs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I'm looking at people that I can somewhat relate to, mm. and they've got what I want to have, and that's how they're saying they got it to. So mm. I'm like, oh, you know what? Do you that's think... Because I relate to what you're saying, mm. I definitely grew up. On, I grew up on a council estate, and I definitely looked at people and was like, "That's just way out of reach for me." But I think hearing your side of it, skin color must have played a part in that as well. Mm. Because I know when I looked up the chain at rich people, that they se- it seemed really out of reach for me. But you had the added thing that most of the successful people I knew were all white, rich white people. Mm. So I'm just wondering, was that another aspect of it where you was like, yeah, it's even further out of reach for me? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Growing Mm. up, I always thought that even if I was in front of like a a big executive and I had the chance, Mm. the fact that I was black would decrease that chance. They'll be like, nah, nah, you're not going to get this job. We're going to give it to somebody else. That was always... Growing up as a black person, you always think that that's what's mm. embedded into your mind, that like you can only get so far until you reach people that are maybe are not of your skin colour. Mm. Because you're of this skin colour, you're going you're, you're gonna to be the last choice. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was growing up. And now my mindset has changed. I understand a lot different, but definitely mm. growing up, that's the way I saw things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Exactly, yeah. And I think you've painted a perfect picture there in that the role models who were like black successful black guys were drug dealers and rap artists yeah and the legit way of life all of them were sort of white people and it just didn't seem in reach for you no totally at all yeah so if you just run us through sort of you 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 started the drug thing you got you done the county lines and stuff and then next thing now you're you get caught run us through getting caught and what happened there yeah so um just as I was, it's, it's always the case as well, but just as I was come deciding to wrap it up, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this life. Like, I'm going to invest in the business. Like, I'm done. Just as I made that decision, I, I decided to go to Nigeria, just as a little holiday with the family. Um, when I came back, three days after coming back, is it three, about three days after coming back, I got, I got caught. So I came back and I decided to go back onto my country and I just for a few days just to get rid of what I had. Boom, there was an operation on me going on before I had, had even travelled. So as I come back, there's a, yep, we're not letting him get away again this time. Boom, you know, we're grabbing him. Mm-hmm. So I got grabbed and when I got grabbed, I got I, I knew it was all over because I had like a lot of drugs on me at that time. I had money on me, so mm. I just knew that was the end of that. So yeah. was it all class A you had on you? Yeah, it was all class A. Yeah, it was all class A. So what happened? You get you got caught. You you know police station. Police. Did you station. get bail? Or did nah, no, no bail. No, no bail. Kind of Taken to remand. Yeah, because <clears> I, I mean I was caught with quite a bit and quite a bit of money. So I I in my head you know I knew that this was it mm. like I just knew that you know when you got that feel like yeah mm. this is it, it this is done this is the end of the road um, how much were you caught with 
well, quite a bit. Quite a bit, quite yeah. A bit. yeah. Quite a bit. Where did they take you? Was it a young offenders or no, would it have been adult straight, prison? Straight adult prison. Where did you go? Um, Norwich. Norwich, right, okay. Yeah, Norwich, straight into Norwich. What um, was it like in, in Norwich prison? Um, It was funny because I used, uh, there was times where I would see people that I was dealing to outside because mm-hmm. I was dealing in that area, so mm-hmm. they, I would see them in there and it was like, ugh, you know, mm. you're all like this now, you're all on the same, same level, level now. It's yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So, and some of them that owed you money, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, it was a bit funny, but um, prison, prison, Prison was interesting. Um, it's what changed a lot. You know, it it changed a lot in me. I think is that is the beginning of the change. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I just saw prison as yeah, this is stuff I just got to ride out, just go through the system. You know, um, survive it however you need to survive it, mm-hmm. and just that's it. But then I realized that po- at some point that. Actually, I can c- take control of this situation. Mm. I can use this time in a better way rather than just having it like, oh, yeah, you know, you're in jail, go in jail, come out. This is actually time for me to study. Mm. This is time for me to work on my weaknesses. Mm. This is time for me to really get in tune with whoever I might be. Do you mm. know what I mean? So um, I started reading. I started reading. But prior to that, I, I always thought that I couldn't read. Like I couldn't read like that was just in my head I can't, you can't read I wasn't good in uh, English growing up so I had that in my mind but then when I went to jail no help no it's not like I went to this English course or nothing I just picked up a book I think it was by Brian Tracy I just picked up a book and I just started reading and then there was a time when I was in and that was like a mental health book but there was a time when I was in SEG so mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what seg is. But yeah, yeah, segregation. Yeah, yeah, segregation. Yeah. So I was in segregation, and I asked for a book, and I finished the whole book, and it was weird. Like, what was the, the book? It was. I think it was about fashion or some some two guys on the holiday. You know, it was yeah. definitely not something that I generally would read. But mm. when you're in segregation, the book is at your TV. It's like you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's the course. only thing that you have. Yeah. So um. So I guess that was a milestone for you. It was the first book you've ever that, read. It was almost like, end. if I can yeah. do this one, I can read more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. So I was like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. Like, you just read this book back to front, <laughs> you know? Like, this is a book. It's not, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you can not do it Not even a topic you're interested in. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you can do it here, you can read any book. Mm. Then I, start, I just started to read books, different books, psychology, um autobiographies mm. um, I like to read real life stories mm. if it's not real life stories but like something that I can translate into real life mm. do you know what I mean I, I'm not too much of a fairy tale person mm. I like to read real life so I started to read different um, autobiographies I started to read different like self development books um, s- books about business because I was always interested in business anyway mm-hmm. I just happened to be doing the wrong kind of business mm. yeah of so, course so yeah and then it was literally a point towards the end of my sentence there's a book that changed my 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 it changed my view on everything mm-hmm. is when i really had that self-belief um it was two books so one one of the books was malcolm x yeah his autobiography mm-hmm. i read like i was glued onto that book mm. you know i was glued onto the book and i was also inspired because he was like a complete drug that 
drug addict going to the prison. Mm-hmm. He came out of prison like you know one of the best um, debaters in, in America ever had. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, he was a you know he, he had uh, some bad um, things attached to him, but he also changed his life big time, and he mm-hmm. also done a lot of good in his community. Yeah. So that that was very inspiring. Mm-hmm. That gave me hope that you know if he just like me went in prison on the wrong side of the um pavement and came out on the other side being able to like speak in front of like mm. whoever need be mm-hmm. like if he can do that i can do it you know mm-hmm. i can i can change my life and i can be you know something more than what i was mm. and then the other book was um the e-myth yeah the e-myth this is a business book yeah i've seen that, that book yeah. yeah so one one of my um prison mates uh, cellmates whatever mm-hmm. he was leaving the prison in like three weeks time he mm-hmm. had this book he was like read this book but i'm leaving mm-hmm. so it was a big thick book and so you know what i'm gonna read this book back to front and i'm gonna create my own version of the book mm, so great. every night like even when they turned off the 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 they turn off the lights mm-hmm. that i would just used to use that like, the little gap that used to come through the door and every night i'll read a bit of the book and i'll write it on the paper read mm. it because i because i knew that I didn't have enough time to really dig into this book, mm. but I had enough time to read it and copy it. Like mm. uh, this book is a book that you need to just slowly dissect mm-hmm. and understand. So I was just reading that book, reading that book and writing down, writing down, writing down. F- managed to do the whole book before he left. But because I was reading that book and writing down in my own words, it let me understand business. Mm. So then that made me feel like, you know what? When I come out, I can I can turn things around. I, I, I know what it takes. This If this is what it takes, um, to build a business mm. I know what it takes I could do this wow do you know what I mean so I was like yeah. isn't that amazing because you already had the hustling mentality from what you were doing just you've just applied that to like you know sort of a legal way of doing it no that is it yeah 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 that literally was it and I think that's you know what I think that's a l- a lot of people's problem is that they have that hustling mentality to just or that that, that hustler's drive but they don't mean to do it. They don't mean to do it in the wrong way. But it's just, it's just all they know. It's, it's just all that's like presented to them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that if they look around and they look at their influences, that's what's like you know influencing them. So they just think, okay, mm. let me just do that. They, yeah. If they if they believed that they could do it in a different way, then I'm sure that they will. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why your story is so important. Because the amount of people, you know, I was in uh, Cook and Wood Prison yesterday, ran a course for 10, 14 to 17 year olds, all young black men, all just cure, all, a lot of them have done drug dealing, all of them curious, like, how do you do this? And yeah. it's like, you know, your message is crucial, is like, you know, get educate yourself, get a book, read that book, like the Malcolm X book, I'm going to recommend that every time I go in now and the E-Myth. So let's fast forward. So you get released. Yeah. You've now got this new information about where you want to go with your life. Like, yeah. what, what, what happens now? What do you decide to do? So I get out, and you know, it wasn't easy. I won't, I won't, I won't sit here and say like, yeah, I got out and I could just change everything around. No, mm. I got out, and yeah, you know, I've got out, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to be a father. Because during, as I was coming to the end of my prison sentence, I got, I start getting home leaves. Mm-hmm. Got home leaves, and I got my missus pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, during the home leave, then funny enough, my home leave got cut off. 
<laughs> so oh, I got it got cut off because of like some incident that happened in the prison. Right. I ended up get, getting put back into a decap prison. So right. now I'm like, I'm coming to the end of my sentence. You know, I've been away for like two years and I'm coming out and I've got a kid on the way. Wow. Now it's real. Now it's real. Mm. Now what do you do? Mm. You know, now what do you do? Do you want to just be one of the statistics and be like, ah, don't give a damn about my kid? Or do you want to be like, nah, you know what? Let me let, 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 let me make a better future for my family. Mm. Let me create a family here. Let me, mm. let, me, let, me let me make a difference, you mm. know? So I decided I'm going to go down the path of making a difference. Let me stick around. Let me be part of her life, be part of Mrs. Life. Made that decision, but then, you know, you come out and the bills start calling, mm. money starts calling, and you're thinking, like, where am I going to get it from? Mm. You know? Still at that time, in all honesty, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go and do, put myself in like a, a general nine to five. I just, there's something about nine to five in that I just, I just don't want to do. Do you know what mm. I mean? Um, just because I feel like I could do so much more with my time. I always want to be in control of my time. Mm. I always feel like I can always do more of my time. I can always give more of my time. Mm. I didn't want to give it to another boss. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to. Um, so I didn't go down the nine to five path um, for a long while. For a long while, I was just like, literally just living off whatever I could, mm -hmm. do you know. Um, but at the same time, still having at the back of my mind, daughter's coming my daughter's coming i need mm. to i need to sort this out i need to get this together end up doing like a little bit of um work uh for for this company they were like an advertising company mm -hmm. um but th they wasn't together but i ended up doing some work for them after like a few months i decided that this this isn't going away this is not for me I was almost going to give up and just like go back to you know the the, the old way of life, the old way of life. Because, like, to be honest with you, it's like it's, it was there. It was yeah. like a phone call away. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I decided not to. I, I decided that I'm gonna just do some courier work. So I was working for City Link. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know that company. Yeah, a, yeah. It was a, their delivery is yeah, stuff. Delivery yeah, delivery company. Fortunately, they went bust. But um, I was working for them. Um, even when I was working for them, I still had in the back of my mind that what I'm going to do, I'm going to work for them for a little while. Mm -hmm. But then I'm going to start having my own vans. That I'm going to yeah. get my own van and then start mm. you know, my own fleet and just mm. work underneath them, but even with my own business. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, I yeah. always had my own business in the back of mm. my mind. But during the time that I was working for them, I was at the gym one day and a friend of mine was like, Man, you should be a personal trainer, man. Look at you, man. When you train, <laughs> you know, people look at you when you train. Um, you know your stuff, you look at your body, this, that, that, that. I was like, ah, this guy's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't I'm not a PT, like uh, I'm what do I know about fitness, <laughs> you know? I'm just I'm just here, I'm just doing my thing, you know? Mm. Anyway, he kept on going on at me. He kept on, on So at he me. saw something that he you saw couldn't something. see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and then I said, okay, you know what? Let me let me research this thing. Let me let me see how much they make. <laughs> That's always the bottom line, you yeah, know. Yeah, of course. Let me see it's worth my while. <laughs> I saw check. I said, ah, you know what? These guys actually make some decent money, and mm. also, you know, things are in their control. 
if you don't work you don't have to work well it depends how you set yourself up mm-hmm. you know it's in your control you can somewhat set your own price you know mm-hmm. depending on how hard you want to work how, mm-hmm. how much of a rotation you want to create something that was never served never served hard work so mm-hmm. I thought alright I'm going to give this a go nice <laughs> I'm going to give this a go so I uh, took the course I beat it out I like, literally done as much work as I can it was like um, I didn't have to go there they sent the work to me mm-hmm. so I uh, done as much of the work I can went there done the first exam passed it passed the practical but then failed the the fury so I was like oh man what do I do you know I failed the fury alright go again don't give up my miss was like yeah you know just go like, it's like your dad what again. your dad would do say I mean? right don't give up go again boom done it passed it then went to the level 3 same thing I thought, yeah, I got this, I understood it. I thought, yeah, done all even more revision. Mm-hmm. First exam, boom, failed. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> I just want to get started, you know, mm. but I'll keep on failing. All right, don't give up. You've come this far. Keep on going. Went back, second time, ace the exam. Wow, well so done, mate. Yeah, ace the exam. So now I'm there, I've got my certificates. I just started personal training. We got a photo here, haven't we, of the personal training? Not this one. Go to the next one. There you go. See there that, you go. that 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 was one section of my personal training. This was this was like that photo there was taken when I after after that three years of personal training. Yeah. I invested my money in a gym. It's Yuki's gym. Right. So I went wow. from being a personal trainer to calling in a gym. Um, it's a bodybuilding gym. Yeah. And yeah, you see YG, the YG Ray. That, yeah. That wall actually paid it. Paid it with my own hands, that wall. That's amazing, yeah. mate. So yeah. Um, so the personal level. training sort of done well enough for you to put money into getting your own gym yeah. with someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, that's literally what happened. So personal training, working my ass off. Mm. Like literally, I start six in the morning, finish at like 10. Yeah. You know, like, just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, mm. working my ass off, building up my reputation, putting in those hours mm. when when the um, when there's no clients, just walking around the gym, making my face known, making mm. my face known. Before I knew, it, I had a great reputation, known for um, body transformations. Started competing, doing like bodybuilding competitions as well. So getting wow. known as like the bodybuilder in the gym. Yeah. Before I knew it, had a great strong reputation. Had clients that coming in through the door. And from there, I just thought, you know, what's the next level? I'm always trying to look for what's next, what's mm. next, what's how do I move from where I am to the next level? What's next? It's on the gym. That's incredible, man. So mate. then uh, I start speaking to one of a friend of mine. She was she 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 owned this gym, Yorkies, and she she was having like she wasn't getting on so great with her uh, business partner at that time. Mm-hmm. And I also saw that there was so much missing in the business. There was so much that they could add so much mm. that they wasn't doing so I thought you know what I had to work you know we had a little sit down and then before I knew it me and I was business partners turned the gym around mm. and yeah I mean that's incredible I think for anyone listening if you're you know from the areas in London that are struggling the key parts of that story for me are you failing the test you you coming out of prison yeah. there being easy money there and you not taking it and choosing the harder route and then getting knockbacks, failing the test and not giving up. And then when you get the qualification, 
you're in at six and you're finishing at 10. ten. It's hard work. It is. So it's like determination and hard work is really what you need. It really is. But I would say even th- before even determination and hard work, there's something that comes before that. And if I track back to coming out of jail, this is what kept me off of the path, is you have to have self-belief. Mm. Self-belief is the beginning. Mm. Without that, without self-belief, forget it. There's there, there's nothing there. Mm. You can kid yourself, you can fool yourself, but you won't get that far. Mm. Because you'll get knockbacks. Mm. You know, when I came out of jail, the same desires like that got me started was there, you know? Mm. Nice cars, nice clothes. I I was wearing my dad's clothes at a point. Wow. Like, literally, I, I wear my dad's clothes, and in my head, I was like, you know, as long as I put it together right, yeah. Nobody like who knows. Do you yeah. know, I don't know if you know this old school name brand, Cyril Centerio. They were old school. <laughs> really? Like old school. Um I was wearing that. Do you know, this was my dad's old jumper. Mm. But I was just like, I am not going back, you know, to that old life. Mm. I'm not going back. I can actually do this. I've wow. got enough to do this. Like I I I've got what it takes. It might not come today. Mm. It might be a slow process, but I've got what it takes. I mm. am enough. Do mm. you know what I mean? And just slowly, slowly, just plowing away with that mindset, plowing away with that mm. mindset. You've got enough. You are enough. Mm. You don't need to do anything else. Just keep on plowing mm. away. Before I knew I was on the right path. But like I said, without having that self-belief, nothing else could be done. And I feel like in today's day and age and today's world, self-belief is something that's like, it's chipped away at you, man. Mm. You know, it's chipped away at you. Even like social media is always, always why I have a kind of like a love-hate relationship with it. Because mm. there's a lot of people out there that have so much to give mm. information-wise yeah. you know, on, on, on social media and whatnot. They have so much to give. However, just because like they see that like, other pictures yeah, of other people mm. and they feel like, oh, you know what? I, co- I couldn't give it like how that person is giving it. Or mm. I couldn't every day like show like a nice picture of me in this country and that country Mm. i couldn't do that so now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna voice out i'm not Mm. gonna give the world what i can give the world i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna take it that far i'm just gonna Mm. sit back and just post my regular pictures or just like you know Mm. go through scrolling and liking Mm. but if that person was to have enough self-belief they'll be like you know what yeah maybe actually my the way i've changed my life around could actually inspire somebody mm. and could help somebody yeah let me go out there and do it but it's just that that self-belief yeah you know? <coughs> vision having, isn't it it's having vision. a better vision of a better version of you yeah yeah you know, you know i mean that's why I, I just love your story sam and i think that's why we connected so deeply on the show you know it was just like just i just love all this stuff i think it's inspirational and it just needs to be heard people need to hear this story Thank you, um so you've got the gym SAS Who Dares Wins. Let's talk about that. Have we got a picture up of SAS Who Dares Wins? There you go. That's wow. you live on that's you live on the show. And yeah, by the is. way, can I just say to everyone listening, you were an absolute savage on that show, <laughs> mate. So strong, mate. So oh, strong. Man. Absolute yeah, that, beast. That show was absolutely tough. Yeah. It was it was it was tough. Mm. I don't feel like I mean, you know because you was there, but there's no picture that we even get people to to understand how (laughs) tough it is mentally physically Mm. it was such a tough show but yeah that 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 was a great opportunity Mm. really really good opportunity yeah you done really well and i think the bit that i really respected you for was the swimming part 
because you know like there's a lot of science to back this now that that you know black people have a more difficulty a difficult uh it's their bone density so yeah, their bones yeah. are heavier than the than than white people and uh i did i remember watching it and i know you you shared with me how, how difficult you found it but you was in there mate you know yeah. you were straight in there <laughs> it was like in the water and you was in you know what it was right so one of the core reasons of me going to the show there's a three core reasons but one of them um was to be able to live up to what i stand for mm. which is no matter what's in front of you you can always give it a try mm. you can always give it your best effort mm. you know control the fear silence that voice of fear and go for it mm. yeah so when the water thing came i you know i hadn't gone into water since i was like in primary school Mm. Like I hadn't swam since I was in primary school. I didn't know how to swim until like two, like a week, sorry, a week before the show, before before they f start filming us, I went and done some swimming practice. But I did. I, if you said yeah, swim like hundred yards, I couldn't do it. Do you mm. know what I mean? I just yeah knew how to like move your arms in the water. That's about it. There wasn't enough time. I didn't give myself enough time. You know, it's my mistake. It happens, you know, but it's one of those ones. So when that, I always knew that there was going to be a water part in there, but I thought, this, what a great moment to prove to myself mm. or to test myself um, that what you believe, you know, what you tell people, what you, what the words that come out of your mouth, are they real? Do you believe that you're about to jump in this water here, you're about to jump in it, knowing that you you can't swim mm. so anything can happen yeah you've got like the sd the s is there but you know who knows what might happen mm. so you might go in there and go knock yourself out conscious or whatever so you could end up dying or like you know what i mean the worst mm. could happen but would you still have the self-belief and the 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 the, the, the um the i don't even know what to call it at this minute but the the feeling that you know what silence that fear the controlling yourself to silence that fear mm. and still give it a go anyway mm. and then when that opportunity came i did it yeah you know i jumped inside the water and yeah i couldn't swim which was evident you know flapping around there <laughs> screaming up the place but i still did it and when the ds said yeah you know come out and then jump back in mm. i jumped back in i you know calibrated mm. myself and jumped back in you know mm. went for it again that was just for me to to say to say to myself that yeah like you are what you preach mm. you are what you preach that no matter what's in front of you mm. you just take that moment to just silence that fear mm. and just go for it yeah take mate. that leap of faith take on life and that's how it was that was my vision of you on the show really that anything that was put in front of you you were you was in the mix you know all of it you know even even with the stuff that was really difficult you know so. yeah, it was painful those runs those long runs like so one of the, you know i came from a bodybuilding background mm. bodybuilding is not about long runs whatsoever. Nah, it's that's about right pumping iron that's mm. it <laughs> yeah you know i mean you only do any kind of long cardio session when mm. you're having to trim down for a competition mm. generally you're just pumping iron so those lo long runs were so painful like I was like surprised I wasn't always at the back, mm. you know. But I just thought, you know what? Soon it'll be over. Mm. 
and but over uh, over this bit of pain is the mental victory yeah or the actual um growth the mm. growth the physical growth then my lungs getting better my mindset getting better my self-belief getting stronger mm. so just go for it yeah it'll right. soon be over mm. do you know what i mean yeah, so that great. was my approach right the whole thing yeah amazing so where are you at today sam what, what, what are you up to now i know you've signed a non-disclosure agreement you've got something big in the pipeline yeah, coming so we can't talk yeah, we can't talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah so but i've got just, some stuff going on with my friends i've recently so i sold my gym I sold I sold my shares of, mm-hmm. my, of of the gym in February just because I felt like, well, I'm a big believer in life that like, life is not just about earning money. Mm. You know, whatever you're doing, you got to. I personally believe you got to ask the question: What am I creating into this world? Mm. And if you don't find yourself creating anything, just mm. creating money, then mm. it's like it's not worth it. Yeah. In my eyes, anyway, mm. uh, you know, people can have their different opinions, but mm. in my eyes, I don't feel like things that you should do should only be for creating money mm. do you know what i mean and that's just came from a point of view of the fact that when we come to this world one of the things that's given to us is not the ability it's not it's not money we're not born into this world and we're like uh, and money is given to us no it's the ability to create mm. that's the one natural thing that we're able to do when we come to this world mm. create anything could be create happiness it could be create like something that you know it could be anything but mm. the ability c- to create is that one thing that we're given mm. so i feel like in this world that's all of our purpose it's mm. not to make money but mm. to create mm. create something that helps humanity anyway mm. so it got to a point in that business where i felt like at this point now i'm just making money mm. so i'd created everything that i could create um, made the gym a better uh, a better place. Uh, helped with along with my business partner, turned things around, and then we got to a stage where I didn't feel like I could no longer create um, in this place in this mm-hmm. environment because it was like a decision that needs to be made. And I could see the from the way it was going, I would no longer be able to create. So that means I'm just here to just earn money, mm-hmm. and that's not me. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's been great. Let's shake our hands and let's go separate ways. So um, mm. I've left the gym. Um, I've stopped my one-to-one personal training now as well because mm-hmm. I'm trying to build the big thing, mm. which, like I said, oh, I don't. Wanna, I can't go too much into detail, mm. but if all goes well, it's going to be a real game changer. Mm. Watch your space. Yeah, watch this space. So working hard on that. At the moment now, like I said, I'm just doing my online stuff, doing mm-hmm. online coaching. That's the mm-hmm. only kind of coach I'm doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, working on the other projects. Mm. And you got a uh, you got another little little one now as well no no no, no, no so you no. Got, we got a photo we got a photo yeah that's my daughter yeah 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 that's, that's my little daughter so that's your little one there yeah that's my little daughter how, like so how, she she how, she's i should uh have gave you guys a recent picture but yeah she's yeah she's going on to seven now she's six wow. going on to seven now wow she's a little gem it's she, a family family a good family man yeah inspiring them yeah that yeah. The generation that you can you know achieve what you want yeah she she's i mean she's literally like the person that I draw energy from. Yeah. I remember there was one day, I can't remember if I was, I think I was getting ready for a competition or it was either I was getting ready for a competition, I was getting, preparing for the SAS show. Mm-hmm. I'd woke up in the morning mm-hmm. and I'm lying on my bed like, I've got out of the bed, but then you know when you're lying on the edge and I'm so flat out, yeah. so tired that I just lie back, like hands, hands by my side like I'm in a crucifix, <laughs> lying flat onto the bed eyes closed she's got up and just I, I couldn't even hear her coming 
I was so tired I couldn't hear her she just come and gave me a hug oh man and I mean I, I like my understanding of that hug was like don't worry daddy just like keep on keep at it do you know what <laughs> I mean and from there I was like yeah I ain't even tired no more do you know what I mean let's go let's go you know what I mean like she's yeah. she, she's my motivation she really is she really is you know she's definitely one of the people that give me that give me that energy yeah that that that, that reason yeah. to stay on the right path and stay focused yeah do man you know what I mean do you know what I've taken from this talk Sam is like you've you've decided to you went from a place in your life where it was all about earning money it was all about the paper yeah and you've arrived at a place in your life where it's about purpose and i mean yes. that's that's could be the title for this podcast is purpose over paper no i, I definitely agree with that yeah i definitely agree with that because like i said you know i truly don't believe that we're in this world to just to make money mm. but for some reason somebody has switched the the, the 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 books around somebody has switched it around that we all majority of us anyway feel like yeah we're in here everything that we should do should be about making money how much we're making mm. you know people rather than people asking you how's your day been man how how did you find this journey getting here or you know how how, how like, they don't want to know that they want to mm. know what are you doing <laughs> how much you making they're yeah. asking what are you doing to know how much you making where do you sit in society mm. should I get to know you or should mm. I should it you know yeah I don't know why it's gone that way but it has but I don't subscribe to that. Mm. I believe that, look, we're in this world to create, mm. to create something that's gonna better humanity, mm. you know? So I try and live my life every day to the best of my ability, mm. doing whatever I, I possibly can without mm -hmm. trying to, without, without hurting other people. Mm. I don't believe there's a certain way to live as well. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I feel like you can li live however you wanna live. Mm. Just don't hurt nobody. Try and create something positive. Try and leave something positive in this world when you leave, mm. and that's it. Yeah, no rules. Yeah, who, who who should make the rules? Yeah, it's, it's inspirational stuff, mate. So, um, just before we wrap it up, we can find you. You're on Instagram, yeah. and Facebook. We'll put links up on here anyway. I'm it's at Sam knows fit at that's Sam it. knows fit fitness. Fitness. So we can find you there and watch your space. What you're doing? Yeah. The final question I ask everyone is: when it's all said and done. Yeah. What will they say about Sam Aremu? Oh man. Oh, I didn't even thought about that. What would they say? In one sentence. He's a man that tried to leave the world more positive than what he walked into. Oh, powerful. That's bro, you bro, you're doing it already, mate. You're living that already, mate. So, Thank you. mate, privilege for you to come on. And honestly, mate, I, I really respect and honour you as a friend. It's a privilege to call you a friend, mate. Thank you. Thanks man. for you coming too. on. You too. You motivated me the whole journey, being here, to you releasing your book. This has been very, very motivational. So, right back at you, my bro. Yeah, right cool. Right back at you. Cool. Nice one, bro. Cool, man. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I really enjoyed doing it. If you heard anything during this episode that touched you or you know you reflected on and you want to talk more about it, find me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Mr. Maisie. Drop me a DM and let's keep this conversation going. If you get a moment, please leave me a rating and a review. I'm always open to feedback so I can improve the show going forward. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.